Hi, my name is Aaron McManus, and you're listening to the Battle Ready Podcast. This is part two of Starting from Scratch with Erwin Raphael McManus, my dad. And, I, and normally you introduce yourself, but I'm getting to introduce you to today. This is an exciting day. Your your brand is launching today. Today. Yes. It's a pre-order. Yes. But And so we'll have a shipping date of around December 10th or so. Yes. Yeah, but you can order now. And, uh, and because... All my pieces are limited pieces. Yes. Uh, once they're gone, they're gone. Genuinely, and, each piece is unique and different, yeah. which is kind of the coolest thing ever. Your jacket is from the new line, and this is a chore jacket. This is, yeah, this is a chore jacket. It's a um, uh, multi-paneled, multicolored uh, piece of reconstructed vintage. So cool. And they fit amazing. And, and I'm really excited because if you're going on the website and you're checking this out and you're like, I thought he was a pastor. I thought he was an author. I think this is technically... I thought he was a father. I thought he was a speaker. I thought he was a businessman. Well, here you go. We have a new label. You're turning bright red right now. You're turning bright red, and I love it. You are a, you are a creative director and a, and a designer. Mm-hmm. And, and what I love about you is that you're integrating... Uh, themes from messages that you've given at Mosaic kind of into this line. Absolutely. This idea of nothing wasted. And mm-hmm. we were talking about this because I often feel like a lot was wasted in 2020 and you told me that nothing is wasted in 2020. Yeah. And I know you had moments you you just like, you just lost the whole year and it's been a struggle. Yeah. It's been heavy at times. And I had a tough 2019 and I thought 2020 was going to kind of be the year. Breakthrough that, year. Yeah, it was like, okay, there's, I'm not going to get held back by some of the things that were holding me back in 20, 2019, which most of it was myself and my mentality mm. um, and, some, and my choices. And, and now that we're in 2020, and I'm like, man, I really got stuck here. And so getting to introduce your line. And yet, I want to say, what you have been one of the most productive people I've seen anywhere in the world in 2020. Well, I received um, that. Our church would not be where it is today without your leadership. Thank um, you. Your teams are the most productive teams, I think, that I've seen almost anywhere in the world. And so I, I want to say, even though you've had a personally hard year, you have you didn't allow it to affect the quality of your productivity and your uh, investment in Mosaic. Yeah. And in, and every project I do, you, you are always the first volunteer who gives your time. So I want to thank you. Sometimes by choice and sometimes not by choice. <laughs> but but by voluntary say, I don't pay you anything. No, it is the, that is the, the life we have chosen to live. So shout out to, to Austin St. John, Nicole Lewis, Brian Hartley, Nick Kim, um, Garrett um, from Seattle, um, and Brooke Odom. Man, we, there's so many more. Is anybody of the names that I'm missing? I, I, said, I said Nicole Lewis. Yeah. She was... Tess Roy. Roy. Yeah. I don't count Tess Roy <laughs> because this is the thing. I have a bone to pick with her. She took a six month vacation. She had a baby. She had a baby. She had she a baby. She had a six month vacation. She had three months. I'm only joking. Maternity. I'm only joking. She I always I always wonder like where were you when all this was crazy? And she was like, I was having a baby. I'm like, you were on vacation. Yeah, what was Brooke doing? She was off having a baby. You too. were having a baby too. You're so welcome for him. Also, <laughs> just so just so you know, just so you know. This I am joking. I do not want emails. I do not want DMs. I do not want Twitter posts. They're two of my favorite people, and it was hard doing it without these two people. Was Milo born in January? March, a week before everything shut down. Okay, see, what I remember, because you know I don't have a sense of chronology, but I remember is that 
that seeing you and Andres and Milo in the hospital was the last time I was in a hospital yes. before the quarantine. So I, I couldn't remember when. I it was remember. Literally in March. Yeah. I mean, you came in at the, what was at his the birthday? close of the free world. On the 9th. And the next Monday, everything was closed. Just wow. think about this. As Basketball Milo grows up, the next day. you're going to be say, Milo, you were born in the free world. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> you, so he, he will be known as a, as a free man. Everyone born after March 15th was born in a, a different pre-pandemic baby <laughs> in the reset. So I do not want to talk about COVID. Okay. All right. So now we're going to go back and talk about the line coming out. Yes. Remember the line coming out. <laughs> so here we are. It's launching today. Uh, it's been a scramble, but it's been months in the in the making, and I'm really proud of you. I'm really excited for you as a son. I want to start. You have two lines. We well, have mm -hmm. one line. You have one signature label, and then you have a line inside of that called Irwin. Mm -hmm. So Irwin Raphael McManus, ERM, and Irwin. Yeah. And I'm really excited to to kind of to kind of showcase. Well, can I? You you asked me. You said something about that I was able to move fast in a couple of months. Yes, you moved really yeah. quick. Oh, yes, the question. Yeah. Yeah. The question is this. How are you able to move as fast as you can, completely unafraid, completely unapologetic, <laughs> and make decisions in a way without this self-resistance or insecurity? Like, How are you able to accomplish so much so quick? Sure. Oh, I want to begin by saying that it looks really fast uh, because no one saw the slow part. And so I spend sometimes years processing this. And you've known, you know me, so you know I thought about this for 10 years. 10 years. I mean, I've been processing this for 10, even when you've like tried to talk me out of it. I did a few times. Yeah, you did talk me out a few times. And so it was always on a back burner. And so I spent a lot of my daydreaming time, a lot of my free time, a lot of my free thought time imagining what I would do. Uh, imagining how I would do it, and then cataloging inside of myself every mistake I made the first time and everything I thought we did right the first time. And so I, would, I was creating this internal uh, catalog of what I would call wisdom. And, and, and so once you begin to catalog that, when you step back in, you have that as your resource right away. So I would remind myself, okay, some of the things I did before that really messed me up was massive indecision. Okay. Um, I didn't trust. I suffer from this. I, I didn't trust my perspective. I, I uh, was easily moved around by a lot of people's decisions along the way because I felt like everybody knew more than me. And later I would discover they knew less than me. They were just more confident than me. Yeah, that's something I, ca <laughs> I came to yeah. realize. Yeah. That, that you do have to be really assertive in this field. It is, yeah. yeah. And, a field where opinion matters. Opinion matters more than knowledge. Absolutely, it does, and <laughs> yeah. and your ability to ask questions mm -hmm. and to learn when no one's looking is mm -hmm. really important, at least from what I've understood. Because yeah. I've had conversations with some of your fashion friends, yeah. and they will like they're so quick to correct my mm -hmm. to correct my lack of knowledge in this mm -hmm. way, and I'm like, yes, I need to know these things. No, I, I don't need to know these things. I'm gonna figure it out. Mm -hmm. And and but I what I do love about it is you don't care at all about terminology or words. <laughs> Or stitching, <laughs> you're like, I want this to look like this, and I'm like, I don't know what that means. But you you achieve it so well. You have an ability to communicate outside of the realm of language. <laughs> outside the realm of language, <laughs> I don't know what this. How to re react to that? But thank you so much. No, how do you, compliment. How, how are you creating in a different field that you necessarily don't know the terminology of? 
Like you genuinely, like you know fashion, yeah. but you know it from such a different perspective. Like for me, it feels like you're, you're painting um, colors with like smells. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, is that, yeah, is that yeah, like synesthesia, aromas, but you're creating yeah, yeah. a synesthesia. You're like, yeah. uh, you, I don't know, keep going. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think there's several things. So one of them is realizing that, um, that really when someone starts something new, that's truly new, um, there are things you don't know and things... So you have to begin to trust your perspective. You have to have a sense of of your vision of what you want to do, of your your um, your your aesthetic, your essence. And when one of the things I learned later on in the fashion industry was I had this uh, European craftsman tell me, "You're you're not an American designer. You're a European designer." And I said, well, "What do you mean?" And he said, "Americans design for what will sell, and you design out of your lifestyle." I know it makes me so mad. <laughs> I'm like, you made how many of these? I know. Are we gonna sell that? Who's buying this? How much? Who is we? Or no one will buy that, Dad. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> no. And but I get it wrong so so much. Well, some of it for me is in. I came back going. I want to only create things that feel to me a reflection of me. They feel like something. I, they are something I would wear. Uh, there's, they're, 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 they're an expression of, of my values, my essence, my perspective, uh, what, what I think is beautiful, and, and just let it kind of let fall where it falls. And it's colorful, which is something I really love. Like the, y- you make a few things that are black. Mm-hmm. But most of it is very colorful, and I really love that about your aesthetic. Because even though I grew up, you wearing a lot of black, yeah, you express yourself so much differently now in the style that you have, and I love it. <laughs> I love that, like, I love that you're you're eccentric. I love that you'll wear things that are so unique and so different. I, I love that you express yourself in this unique way of of fashion. Is there is there can can you tell us anything behind it? You kind of mentioned in the last episode. So should we just jump right in and start showing some of the clothing? With, with it makes me nervous. It makes me makes me, I'm a little nervous. Um, this is this or is this is the sneak peek. This is the preview to uh, my line. This uh, I think we're going to only we're going to show you some signature line of Irwin Raphael McManus, and then we're going to show you a little maybe two pieces from the Irwin line. Yeah. Okay. Which the Irwin line's simple right now. Three pieces. It's it's yes. It's it's um it's very limited, but. The Irwin Raphael line is limited in terms of how many units I have. So when you see a piece, there may, I may only have made 10 of them. You may have only made, well, to be Some honest. Some of them, I made five or six of them. Yeah, and, and the coolest thing about the pants, you, you've, they're, each one is genuinely unique. Each one is different because I, I, we gathered vintage materials, reconstructed them, and so there are no two pieces the same. Like with this um, um, short coat, um, there are no two pieces the same. So you can't say, oh, I want the one Irwin's wearing. You can't have this one because this one is mine. I'm keeping this one, okay? <laughs> and uh, and unless you want to, you know, like, you know, start an auction or something like that. An auction? Yeah, an auction. Yeah. And, uh, but, um, but there are different options, which I love. It's like no one's going to have the piece exactly like yours. Right. Right now. Which really does something for me because I don't like owning things that other people have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
You know, like I just don't, you know, some things are okay, but mm-hmm. like you want to express yourself differently, you more uniquely. Mm-hmm. So it's cool that this is an ex- complete expression of your imagination and, and your ability to create. Here we go. We're going to take a look at a few of the pieces, which is exciting for me. I- and I'm if, excited and properly terrified. And, it, and it, we're going to have to describe <laughs> this in, yeah. in such detail, because if you're listening to this, you're just <laughs> listening to this. The reason why we're doing this is one, it's exciting for us. You're our people. So we want to present this to you first. Mm-hmm. Two, I think I love this idea of like starting from scratch how do we create new things in a season where it feels like everything's ending how do we create new things here we go we're gonna look at the first piece and for me this is exciting because battle ready is is like our family you guys are a community or a tribe and so i'm bringing you into my inside world this is our first released photograph okay tell us a little line. what is it made out of well this is the world war ii canvas that i've had in a warehouse for over a decade and um, it's uniquely cut so that the details of those tent materials are actually highlighted where we want them. So you can see the sleeves have the military buttons that interconnect. We have a zipper lined up on the inside, I mean, on the outside uh, edge. And it's, it's beautifully rustic. It's, um, it's very masculine, even though the line is really uh, co-ed. Yeah. And... Um, uh, we went in and added a zipper design to the top, which we just thought that gave it, gave it some texture and some um, uh, some structure that we were looking for in this um, Anorak parka, and uh, and then it has a hoodie over it. And I, I I made the 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 front part of the hoodie a little higher because you know we're in this COVID stage, and I thought if you don't want to always wear a mask, you can always put the hood and just button it up and then no one knows you don't have a mask on that moment or it becomes your mask in that moment. And also the the pants are uh, the same um, basic thematic uh, imagery where you have this vintage material and then you have um, kind of this reworked flare thing going on, which is really cool. But yeah. what I love about this is this is literally one of one, which I hope you do more of these. Because yeah, this, this is, is the, the only, only one, one that's one. like that. And so I'm looking, uh, we'll go through our Tons and tons and tons of material. We find some materials with this kind of design and and snap um, design, and then also this patchwork is from our tent material. So we look for where there's some names and numbers and different symbols along the way, and uh, it's kind of cool. On some of them, we found these old 1944, 46 images with M's on them, and so we're able to attach them on different pieces along the way. That's really cool. Um, you, you can see the piece I'm wearing is is similar to the other piece uh, that uh, Gab was wearing, but very, very different than John Thomas. As you can see the fit on him. Of course, everything fits really well on him. Yeah. <laughs> I, what, I, what, I, what I love about even just these pants is probably the softest things I've ever tried on in my entire life. Yeah, I'm wearing them right now and they feel like pajamas. So. <laughs> <laughs> They've definitely been worn in. So what, do you, what is this affinity you have to kind of this vintage World War II thing? Because we, you know, we used to make men's bags out of this and yep. they were beautiful. They were super impractical and that they were so heavy they were too heavy for travel too heavy for travel and i traveled the world with them mm-hmm. um, selling them to stores and to wholesale and markets and things like that um but you stuck with it you, you stuck with it you held on to it years ago this uh fashion magazine in paris did a, a story on me and my work and and one of the core themes i told myself for me heroism is a style and that if you take that that core idea that there's this heroic person inside of all of us and that when we get dressed every day, we're putting on our, our, our Batman cape or our Superman cape, we're putting on our, our, our S for hope. And um, 
that really when you get dressed, you're, you're making a statement about yourself. And I think I'm really drawn to World War II because it's a genuinely heroic era of American history. And, with, with, and even with all like the, the tensions and controversies about America's historical narrative and the good and the bad and the, uh, the just and the unjust, I think that I think we would all agree that those men and women who went to, to war uh, in World War II um, were fighting for the world's freedom and they were doing something incredibly noble and heroic. And so I am very drawn. And um, in fact, years ago, I was on a flight with, um, oh, um, Project Runway, mm. Tim Gunn. Tim Gunn. I was, on the, I was on a plane with Tim Gunn. We talked for like five hours together. I was talking to him about my philosophy of fashion. I showed him a few pieces. I talked to him about heroism being a style. And Tim Gunn, who at that time I felt like was a legend, uh, told me, you're exactly on point. I've never heard anyone describe how the actual pivotal shift in fashion was World War II. And and because I talked about how American um, fashion took over because European fashion was destroyed during World War II. And that then the, the imagery and the style and the essence of uh, like the American uh, warrior became uh, uh, almost like a definitive statement of heroism and honor and courage. So I, I kind of like holding on to that. And I, I will find a way of expressing that as long as I can, yeah, which I think I is really it. important. I love it. And what, what I think is really interesting, you say it so beautifully, but this really does feel like a continuation of what we were doing before with a new narrative. That it's like on our own terms, our own team, uh, a new team, I think a more positive environment, a healthier atmosphere. And we are coming back with knowledge that we didn't have before. Like we really did not know what we were doing back then. Whether, no, not at all. Not at all. Like we knew less than they did, but they didn't know much more. But we did learn from them. Yeah. And that's kind of the beauty in all this that like we've now kind of gone into a space where we are we know now what we did not know then yeah, and we're going to create something completely different and just so much more clarity now and and I've given myself permission to create what I want and to trust that what I create will have an audience there's someone out there who will go this is exactly what I've wanted this is exactly what I I've wanted to reflect my inner world and um, and something a style that that brings me joy, and I, I want every piece to bring people joy. Well, you know, I want yeah. I want every piece to to create a sense, a provoke like optimism and hope and honor and courage. I think there's a lot of people out there that would that would say that not only are they afraid to create what they want, but they're afraid to to live in that reality of I'm just going to create what I enjoy and not what sells because mm -hmm. you, there is a fine line in yeah. art of like art that is in self-indulgent yes and there's an, uh, an art that actually is um, uh, what is it creates a space that other people can live in yeah and that's a great point because I always would say that, that immature artists only create for themselves immature artists create for others and and I think a part of this is like when I would buy a, a piece of clothes that I loved, I was actually grateful to the designer for making something I wish I could create. Mm. And I don't know if you ever worn a piece and you thought, oh, man, I wish I could have, you know, designed this or mm -hmm. this is exactly what it would make if I, if I did this. And, or watch a movie and go, wow, if I could make a movie, this is the movie I would make. I'm always grateful when someone else creates what I wish I could create. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a part of the line is that I, 
I think there's a lot of people who would love this kind of expression, but maybe they don't have the opportunity or the capacity uh, to create it. So I get to, in a sense, be a midwife for them. I get to give birth to something that, that they want to uh, live in and enjoy. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, I mean, if you look at the pants, we did not remove uh, a lot of the um, imperfections. No, you left everything imperfect. Yeah, and, and part of the, like the sub-theme for me um, is the beauty is in the imperfection. Yeah. And it's a part of what informs everything that we do that is that the beauty is in the imperfection. And you know, that's what informed Mosaic too. I, I knew the Mosaic would never be perfect I, because I'm not perfect. You, you know, that um, there would always be this thing about Mosaic that's defined by raw beauty. And, and I want people to know that in their life too, that the beauty is in the imperfection. The beauty of who you are, Aaron, is in the imperfection. It's like, um, and, and I think sometimes that's a part of the problem in our culture. We, we want to medicate all the imperfections, and we're actually medicating all the genius. And human beings are supposed to be imperfect. We're, we're, we're broken pieces. We're raw beauty. And, and I, I want the pieces to be a reflection of that kind of beauty. That's amazing. Um, let's move on to the next one. So this is the jacket you're wearing now. This is the chore jacket. This is kind of this multi, <laughs> multi. You said multi-paneled yeah. chore jacket. It's like multiple fabrics, multiple textures, and and I have three of them right now that I've been rotating in my closet for a while now, and uh, and so we were shooting uh, literally the three jackets that I've been working with. And some of them are softer in the sleeves and harder in the in the body. Some of them are softer in the body and and have more rigid materials in the sleeves. And each one, uh, this one, uh, it looks so much more constructed in the sleeves, and you can see the softness in in the body. And there's others that are much more structured in the body and really really soft and comfortable in the sleeves. And then the color combinations we went with colors that kind of match this late fall winter kind of feel. So I, I love brown. And I said for years that brown is is one of my favorite colors. And and I go to black because you can't find great browns. And uh, in fact, when I was a kid growing up, I you know, I was a little compulsive. I wore, uh, I had my clothes lined out for all five days of school. I wore brown on Monday, I wore brown on Wednesday, and I wore brown on Friday. Then I wore blue on Tuesday and green on Thursday. And my mom would say, we don't need to take photographs of you because you look exactly the same. And a lot of it's because I was so indecisive that I would spend an hour trying to figure out what am I going to wear. There's actually a conversation <laughs> about this that um, I think Scott Harrison told me <laughs> when I first worked for him. And I worked for him for three months because I was a terrible employee. And he was a very generous and very um, gracious um, employer who, who gave me a chance. <laughs> and, uh, and, and he told me something that... He said, you know, most geniuses in the morning try to reduce the amount of choices they have to make. There's a, there was like a whole study done with it afterwards. Mm-hmm. I think he's one of the first people that were pretty like like vocal about this. Mm-hmm. Like reduce the amount of decisions you have to make before 6 or 7 a.m. so that you are left with the creativity to make the important decisions later on in the day. Mm-hmm. But I think so many times we exhaust ourselves with what we're going to wear, what we're going to do, or what we're going to... And then there's people who thrive off of it. So I don't know if that theory like entirely... <laughs> entirely holds up but i do think that that there is something beautiful about the ocd and the way that you dress because because you i I love that about you you'll wear the same thing for like weeks but then you'll but then you'll like alter it like piece by piece by piece by piece Mm -hmm. and i always say that like you would have been an incredible buyer 
for a company because you always pick the thing that other people go, no, that's the thing. And I've, I've showed this to some friends and some friends are like, there's no way. I was like, there's no way. And then everyone that is like semi-cool that I've showed this to is like, yeah, that's my favorite thing I've ever put on in my entire life. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So, and then we photographed it and I was like, this is my favorite thing photographed. God, this it's is beautiful. so beautiful, so unique. And, and what I do love about this is that this will be a, a stretch for some people because mm -hmm. they'll go like, well, I want consistency. Like every piece has to be the same. It's like, no, no, you can guarantee that this piece will be genuinely unique mm -hmm. and you will have to like, it's a blind date of sorts. Like this is what it looks like, but it also yeah. will look very different. But a, a lot of guys tell me, in fact, I have a lot of friends who tell me, look, I don't have any taste. So I basically look at what you wear and then my wife goes and buys something similar to you. I've had, I have and so <laughs> many of my friends who will be like, we literally tell him to dress more like your dad. Like tell my dad to dress more like your dad. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, dress how you like, feel like you feel comfortable. <laughs> so this is a way of giving people some uniqueness and and also some continuity where you go yeah. okay you know i can see this on someone else and it looks really great so anyway so a lot of this line has a lot of earthy tones in it because i love the browns i love the earth tones yes uh, i love autumn and this reflects a lot of that that first bomber you bought me was that kind of military green because I, uh, olive and brown have always been two of my favorite colors along yeah. with mustard yeah that's kind of like my palette so i, I let a lot of the things be expressed in this line. Yeah, and the kind of the cool thing too is like when I bought that jacket for you from Jerry, you had no idea about the brand, and I had never met Jerry before. Right. And 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 he's a lovely human being, but we had the green bags, and so I kind of bought this because like, hey, this is this is kind. Of, you always talked about we were talking about making clothes. Yes, and I and really we were, wanted to. And yeah. we were we had just hired the team, and we had just built the office in New York, yeah. and then right before everything kind of like shut down for us. We had turned this corner and then we never did it. And I buy this thing being like, this is this could be what it's like for us. And now 10 years later, we're in a place where this jacket is like literally the this is the difference. Is like, this is you, not me. But <laughs> what I love about it is I trust you. And so you make some incredible decisions to to wear things that I would never wear. And then I see it, and then I'm like, okay, that's unfair. Because everything looks good on you, and I've got to take a risk. But that's what I do love about the the collection. You could easily do some things that would sell, that would make sense. Mm -hmm. And you were like, nope, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna use like super vintage, super ripped up, super imperfect, super destroyed. I'm gonna make people want to come and touch it mm -hmm. or order it to see what it's like. Um, so let's go, can we go to the next one? Yeah, because the next one is going back to the basics that uh, I do wear black a lot. A lot. In fact, some days it seems like that's all I wear. Yeah, well, you go, I think like we go through seasons of it. And I, and I, I think black is sort of like the classic go-to. And, uh, and I love sweats. And we, we were talking about making sweats, oh my gosh, over a decade ago. Forever. And, and Forever. Uh, I would fly. Now, it, now it's such a big thing, but yeah. it's funny because. Do you remember? You literally, at one point, I was like, do you have real pants? Because all you would wear is sweatpants. Like, do you remember? Like, all you would wear is sweatpants. Yeah, and I kept saying, we need to make sweatpants. I'm telling you, we need to wear clothes you can wear on an airplane, walk off the airplane, and go to the meeting. Because our <laughs> initial concept when we were making, we, were, mm -hmm. we had our first line designed out, and we were about to start making menswear. Mm -hmm. And. We had talked about the idea. The whole idea was 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 around your lifestyle of a traveler. Yeah. Like, can you wear this from your home to a plane, to yeah. a boardroom, or to a platform, a stage, yeah. and then add a jacket or add a layer, yeah. and never really change out of the sweatpant look? Yeah, because I've traveled to Tokyo and find and 
and found out my luggage went to Cairo. And yeah. so then you're going, okay, I got to wear one thing. That is how it <laughs> happened. And I do think it was yeah. China when you were in Hong Kong, because I remember I came three days later because you didn't have a bag and I brought yep. a bag and, <laughs> and you had lost yourself and you're like, I've been preaching in the same t-shirt and sweatpants. I just keep buying a jacket or a different overshirt because I don't have anything left. Yep. And so I basically said, look, I want to be able to Whatever I fly in, I want to be able to speak in. I want to be able to go to the meeting in. I want to be able to work in. Yeah. I want, and if I have to, I want to be able to sleep in. Yeah. So we went ahead and put together this collection of black on black uh, hoodie and sweatpants. It's my, it might be the most soft thing I've ever put on my body. Well, what I've done with everything, I've worn everything for three days at a time to see how they feel, to see how they wear. I hate when I buy something that I think is really like beautiful and then I never want to wear it again because it's so uncomfortable. You've actually been washing things too, which I hate because I I, I know you like don't want me to do that, nice but I wanted to make sure that it, that it held up. It held up even though I would tell people don't wash my stuff, uh, dry clean it. Yeah, and yeah. But um, I wore those sweatpants and for three days straight and, and maybe the hoodie and I, I did shower in between. Yes. But, um, so incredibly comfortable and incredible. still looks really, really fitted and, and, and luxurious. The, yeah, and there's and there's some logos on here that aren't shown, but at this time because well, you have, you have to save something yeah, for the some website because these are the samples and there's some <laughs> some some cooler like um little details. Yeah, some details will be added, but I'm really I think it's really cool because we're, we're showing a lot of John Thomas, um, but it is really unisex and it is for men and women. And for women, it's just going to be a bit blockier. But for men and men, it'll be a little bit more fitted. But the, this this is like such a cool, I think, aspect of what you're doing. And this is interesting because you're finding these like old vintage jackets and then you're yes. reworking them with your designs. I love this jacket. And uh, what was on the back was just... Um, Some crazy beast or something. It was really bad. Like like a skull, <laughs> like crazy, like, like bull skull thing. And so we wanted to redeem it. And... And this kind of goes back to your roots of like you grew up Roman Catholic. I did Roma, grow up You're Roman gonna Catholic. You're going to get shredded for I this know, jacket. I know, I'm going to get shredded it's up a, alive. It's a, about that. It's, it's the a, version of Guadalupe. It's a version of Guadalupe. <laughs> but it just, it, it was your idea. It was. It was your idea. I did, I did, but then I did say you should put um, Jesus. The, the, the statue of Jesus that yeah. sits in San Salvador. But when I looked at the aesthetics, I looked at the designs, this the, the jacket just seemed to be calling that image. It right. just seemed like it fit. And a part of it for me, I thought, this is really interesting because um, having been born Roman Catholic, one of the interesting things is that you're raised to believe in miracles. Right. You're, you're raised to believe that God shows up, that, that there are manifestations or anything. Yeah. And so even though I'm not necessarily affirming the mythology of it, I'm, I'm affirming the human need to connect to the transcendent, to the spiritual to the divine. And uh, and I just think it's and a beautiful piece of art. Things just look cool. And so and here it is. He looks oh, really looks cool. So good. Um, and it's a one of a kind. It is a one of a kind. And there's so, literally it's there's only there's only one. Yep. And that's and, and I have quite a few things that are one of a kind because I, I found pieces we want to do something special with them. I know we've contemplated like is it are we really going to sell this thing because there's only one of a kind. But if you're listening to this, we want you to know um, the the photos are really cool. And, and we're going to be posting them later on probably both of our Instagrams. And do we have any others left? I think we do. Let's see what we got. We have a photo oh, yeah. of the That's boss. Me. There I you. am wearing what I'm wearing right what now. What are you wearing right now? That was uh, day one or day two of wearing that. <laughs> <laughs> the clothes with our battle-ready calf to boot. Hey, I want to say this, and this is you wearing a different jacket, but I want to say this. But look at this. Same concept, different colors, and looks completely different. It is. And, if, and this is the thing I want to say is as we wrap this up, like I'm just super proud of you. 
Hey, thank you. And we were kind of like talking over the weekend. We went and got bagels at um <laughs> at the farmer's market. So good. It was so good. And we were just talking about like all of the 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 things we've been able to do together and all the risks we've been able to take together. Mm. And and I know that there's so many people who are listening to Battle Ready podcast who have just reached out and said thank you. Reached out and said I'm hurting. Reached out and said I love this. This is inspiring. And and I hope that people don't look at this and see this and go, we're making a gigantic commercial for your brand. I want them to see it and know that it is a commercial for your brand because <laughs> because this like it's a commercial for creativity. It's a commercial for creating at a crisis. It's a commercial for not being afraid to follow your dreams. It's a commercial for 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 being 62 years old and saying I'm not going to let anyone else define my future other mm-hmm. than my relationship with your wife and God. And and I and I and I mean that because I say that I applaud you in your bravery and I applaud you in your ability to take risks. And I hope you take us with you because I, I love everything that you do. I'm a fan in the good and the bad. And this is really good. <laughs> I'm excited and nervous. And uh, we've put a lot of sweat, blood, tears, and money into it. Yeah. And uh, Kim has been super supportive. And, you know, I'm sure she's a little nervous now. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, but, um, but thank you. I, you know, I wouldn't have done this episode if you had not asked me to. And no, uh, I want to do this. I love. I'm always a real, really apprehensive about selling anything I create, which is sort of insane. It's insane. It's insane. You, and you asked me this weekend. You're like, I want you to have a role in the company. What's your role? And I said, I want to be the person who says no to everything you give away for free. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I've had so many friends who have already heard saying, "Hey, is there a family and friends discount?" And I said, "All of you are my family and friends, so there is no discount." <laughs> and, but I do love it, and, and that's because I have no giant sponsor or corporations behind me yeah, you're just taking a risk and i love and I, I and i think it's it fits in this series of starting from scratch mm. um and i'm really excited because we've reached out to some really close friend of your close friends of yours mm-hmm. and like about having this conversation of starting from scratch and so i hope if you're listening and you're like well this is a bit different than what you guys are normally talking about i hope that you know that with bad already expect the unexpected <laughs> never get too comfortable think freely, question everything, mm-hmm. and and come prepared to not know exactly what we're going to talk about, but be willing to go there with us. Mm-hmm. Because I, what I love about this podcast is I, the, probably the number one feedback I get is I didn't know where you were going for 25, 30 minutes of it, and then all of a sudden just started dropping things. Boom, 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 mm-hmm. boom. And I'm like, no, it's that's this is like the, the romance of the podcast. Like it yeah. takes time to build up and to and it's like a movie. It, it, it develops. And, and this is what I love about this podcast. And I keep saying that, but I'm genuinely grateful and I love that we get to do this. No, me too. And but the same energy it takes to start the podcast is it, it takes to start anything from scratch. Mm. And you have to realize that every everything worth doing can fail and um and it can succeed and then a a huge part of it is you just have to believe that um that what you have to offer is worth the effort and just like with our podcast we can't make anyone listen we just invite people to listen and are grateful for everyone who joins us it's the same way when um when you, you start a fashion line, you can't make people buy it. You have to create something that inspires people that they want to buy it. And in a sense, creating is a gift. I think Battle Ready has become a gift to people. I get so many responses from people telling me this is their number one podcast. This is what they look forward to every single week. And in the same way that we've started Battle Ready, the same way I've started um, Erwin Raphael McManus and Erwin, in the same way that we started Mosaic years ago, 
Um, there, there is a communal genius that can be accessed. And, and when you say, how did you start from scratch and how do you build something like this? I go, never limit your genius to your own intelligence. You know, reach out to other people, get other people involved, get people in the conversation, let other people help you to refine and clarify your perspective. And, and as you get feedback from people, you'll build a deeper confidence for what you're creating. And, uh, and, and prepare for both failure and success. Uh, you, you, know, you prepare for failure by realizing, by deciding that it's worth doing even if it doesn't work. You prepare for success by realizing that if this actually goes, my life is going to get more complicated. You know, it, it, as this company goes forward, as you know, if everything sells out, now I'm really in trouble. <laughs> you know, now I have to come back and and recreate and reimagine and not stay where I was. And and I, I actually think for many people, they prepare for failure but they don't prepare for success. Mm. And uh, when you prepare for success, you actually begin to think bigger, broader, more dynamically. And that's something I think we have to help people learn in the future podcasts. I love it. I love it. We disagree so much about stuff. And like, I, there's like so much more here because we had incredible conversations on Sunday, like pre-launch and, and what we expected of each other and all of this. And, and you were like, I'm expecting for success. And I was like, okay. <laughs> all right every single person listening to this we love you so much we're so grateful for you um you can rate and review this podcast on itunes you can listen to it on spotify and youtube you can share with your friends you can follow us at bad already podcast on instagram um and i'm really excited i'm really looking forward to the future of what we're building here with you guys and and us together on this pod and if you want to know more about the new line if you want to actually go and purchase something Go to erwinraphaelmcmanus.com. All right. Thank you guys so much. Okay. Talk soon. Goodbye.